How do you watch a 50-year-old television show? Some people would say you start at the very beginning. After all, that's how modern television is made to be watched. But what do you do when a show predates the era of serialized storytelling? What do you do when a show would take you 25 days to watch every piece of content? What do you do when that show is such a huge cultural touchstone that you're going to wonder, am I missing something if I don't skip right to the good parts? That's why I'm here right now. This is Boldly Viewing, and we're here to help you to figure out how to watch Star Trek. So I started watching Star Trek when I was a little kid. Really little. Um, some of my earliest memories are watching the reruns of the original series. It was my dad's thing at the time, but it quickly grew to be my thing. As I grew older, I watched the shows when I could, but in an era before the internet, before DVR, you had to catch them as you could. There was no such thing as watching something right from the beginning all the way through the end, not unless you were lucky enough to tape it or you happen to actually be around when Star Trek was airing. So you put it together over time. You figured out what the good episodes were. Maybe you bought them on VHS or Laserdisc. And then you started compiling your own list of the Star Trek episodes you wanted to watch next time they came on as a rerun. The whole purpose of this podcast is to try to recapture that feeling. Trying to figure out a way to help people look at the giant list of Star Trek content and whittle it down to something that is actually useful for them. Because I can tell you right now, as a huge fan of Star Trek, I wouldn't tell people to start from the first episode. I wouldn't even tell people to watch all of it. As much as I love the vast majority of Star Trek, it is an incredibly daunting task. As of today, it takes about 25 days to watch all of the official Star Trek media that's been published. It's all the episodes of the original series, all of the animated series, The Next Generation, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, Discovery, and Picard. That's a handful of really good movies and a bunch of terrible movies. It's a reboot series, and it is a series with a bunch of content that's yet to come out. It's crazy, and... It's not something most people want to do, but Star Trek is really worth watching. Especially in a day and age when things seem so negative and like the worst is to come to pass. Because that's one of the secrets about Star Trek. Star Trek is an optimistic show. Even in the new series. See, Star Trek was made during the 1960s. During the height of the Cold War. Before man walked on the moon, but after the Cuban Missile Crisis when things didn't seem like they can necessarily get better. Star Trek posited a future where we as humans got our shit together, where we decided that, yeah, things had been bad, but we could boldly go where no one had gone before. That's something that's always resonated with me, and it's something that's resonated with millions of people across the world. Star Trek predates convention culture, Star Trek was there from the earliest Usenet groups. Star Trek has inspired real-world science and art to degrees that are hard to match for anyone else. But the one thing Star Trek's never been good at is hooking new people. 
traditionally, you get somebody to get you into Star Trek the way my dad got me into it. The way I've gotten my kids into it. But what if you don't have that person? What if you don't have somebody there shepherding you through the bad stuff and promising you that it's going to get better? What if you don't want to sit there with a Wikipedia open hoping that you're going to find that one hook that's going to make this episode make sense? Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to take some time to not only look at the best episodes, but put them in context of why they're the best episodes. And yeah, we're going to look at the bad stuff, and we're going to try to drag out why there is something redeemable about it. And I'll tell you now, there's a couple where there aren't. But there's some of the bad ones where there's at least some good ideas. So... Before we get into talking about it today, I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about why Star Trek is so hard to parse for a modern viewer. Part of it is just that Star Trek is a lot. Like I said, 25 days. It's not just 25 days. A lot of it is 25 days of television that is a lot slower than what the modern viewer would expect. Remember, the original series is a product of the 1960s, and the next generation is a, pro- a product of the late 80s. Not all of it stands up in the same way we're used to. The structure of each episode is different. There's a lot more room to breathe than you might expect, and a lot less work done with certain characters. It can be a hard road to hoe for 25 days. The second reason, I think, is the way Star Trek's set up. Star Trek predates the modern trend of serialization. Now, serials have been around for a long time, but in the 60s, even the 70s, 80s, and 90s, serialized storytelling wasn't something that was done that often on television. Shows would air in basically whatever order the network decided, And if you caught a show, you needed to be able to understand what was going on in any given episode without having seen the last episode. Star Trek, the original series, especially, is made to be viewed out of order. Yeah, there might be some crew members you don't expect showing up if you watch, say, a season 3 episode during your season 1 binge. But otherwise, you can slot in pretty much anything at any point. Because of this, it's hard to find a through line through 70-some-odd or 100-some-odd episodes of a series. You're watching self-contained television, and that's not something we do a lot. Now, Star Trek does get a lot better about serialization towards the end of Deep Space Nine during the latter part of Enterprise, but for the most part, Star Trek's a show you have to watch like an older show, and that means you can pick and choose. Now, with those two reasons in there, there's also the third reason that Star Trek is, like most television, very hit or miss. The truth is, if you don't love it, there are some episodes of each series that are mind-bogglingly stupid. We're not just talking about Spock's brain here. We're talking about things that have very real flaws in terms of storytelling, in terms of continuity, in terms of just being watchable. And unfortunately a lot of them tend to clump together very early on. All of this sets a high bar for entry, and this hasn't stopped people from watching it, especially now since you can watch every episode of Star Trek on a streaming service. 
So instead of focusing on what doesn't work, we're going to take a look at the high points of what does work. Now I think the best place to start is towards the beginning. And rather than start with the very first episode of Star Trek, The Cage, which is definitely worth watching a little bit later, we're going to start with the is with what does work. So we're going to talk about what makes Star Trek great today. Now, of course, this is just my opinion. There's tons of people out there who love Star Trek because of the space battles or because of the cool characters or because they just really like aliens. Uh, for me, it's a little different. For me, it's about what makes Star Trek work when so many other similar shows have failed. And that's about what's at the heart of the show. That optimism is a huge part of it. But it's not just optimism. It's belief that if you work hard enough, the world can be better than it is. It's belief that if we try to think rather than fight, we can use our minds to win the day. It's the belief that logic has a place and so does feeling. It's belief that science is a good thing and so is humanity. It's all summed up in a concept that Star Trek introduces later on in the original series, this, con this concept called idic, Infinite diversity and infinite combinations. The idea that there's a whole lot of different out in the universe. And when we combine it, we get something that's better and special and good. And Star Trek has always been about combinations. Star Trek is the show that put a Russian on the bridge. During the Cold War, it is the show that had one of the first interracial kisses on television. Star Trek is a show that has never been terribly afraid of poking at what's going on in the world. Has it fallen short from time to time? Of course, most, most things have. Has Star Trek failed to keep up with the times? Sure, sometimes. But when Star Trek is at its very best, when Star Trek is doing something that is special, Star Trek speaks to people in a way that I don't think most shows have managed to hit. There's a reason why it's been around for 50 years. There's a reason why it has a legion of fans. So in this show, we're going to take some time to really figure out what makes an episode of Star Trek a good episode of Star Trek. And we do have some criteria. The first one is probably the most subjective, but the one that makes the most sense. That's how watchable is the episode. Is the show competently made? Does the dialogue make sense? Are the actors showing up for work? Is it a logical progression of plot? Yeah, there's a lot that can be said there, and that's not mostly what we're going to be doing, but it's something that's worth doing. After all, it's hard to recommend that somebody watches an episode of Star Trek if you can't actually watch the episode. The second thing we're going to look at is whether the episode sticks to that core philosophy, philosophy of infinite combinations. Um, is there something in this show that shows how we can be better, how we can be our best selves? Is there a moral lesson for us to take home, or is there something that we can glean from this show that makes us better people? The third thing 
I think, is whether or not the episode is worth watching on the larger scale. Does this show bring something to the table? Is it the first appearance of something? Is it the first time we get exposed to a new idea? Is there something in this show that's going to bring it back later for us to think about? Because while it may not be the most philosophically important episode of Star Trek, it may be something that's going to make the show itself make sense later. Is this trivia? Sure. But it's important. And then the final factor we're going to look like we're going to look at is whether or not this episode can stand as something you'd want to show another person. Does this show have that it factor that makes it more useful, more watchable, more for lack of a better term, Star Trek than anything else? This would be a short show if it was just me and Frankly, it's short this episode, but we're going to really get into this by bringing in some guest hosts, some people who love Star Trek, some people who've barely seen Star Trek, and we're going to get their input on these four factors to talk about what makes an episode of Star Trek worth watching. We're going to talk about what makes them love Star Trek or what's kept them away, and eventually we're going to get to the core of what can we watch on TV to make somebody else a Star Trek fan. Now, that's what we're covering for now, but let's talk about what happens going forward. On our next episode, we're going to take a look at Star Trek's second pilot. The original first episode of Star Trek, The Cage, is great, but the second pilot was what really sold the series. It's also where Star Trek begins to really feel like Star Trek. So we're going to start there with our first guest. Our first episode is going to come out in mid-May. We're going to proceed about once a month going forward, unless people start to like this. More than anything, I want to hear from the people who listen. So, review it if you like it. But more than that, you can always get in contact with me either at boldlyviewing.tumblr.com or at boldlyviewing on Twitter. If you want to talk about Star Trek, hell, if you want to come on the show and talk about Star Trek, just drop me a line and we'll figure something out. I really hope that this show helps you figure out if this is something you like, and I hope it makes you part of a bigger community. This is Adam, and thanks for listening to Boldly Viewing.